Welcome to Lessons for Living. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. For most of us, becoming adults hasn't necessarily cured us of our fear of the dark. Uh, we may have switched the type of beds that we have so that nothing can get underneath, or our closets may be a little bit bigger, although in many cases still not big enough. And they're probably filled with business suits or work clothes instead of building blocks and athletic gear. But at night when the lights are out and our children are safely tucked into their beds, we wrestle with their fears. You see, our own monsters come to life and torment us yet again. Am I a caring husband? Am I a loving wife? Do I really try to understand my spouse's point of view? Are we raising our children the right way? What about my parents? Am I doing all that I can to make their latter years be as pleasant as they made my early years? Can I be sure my children aren't experimenting with drugs? When will I be ever be able to just slow down? Or why doesn't someone invent a magic pill that will make all these excess pounds I'm carrying just disappear overnight, never to return again? Why do I never seem to be satisfied anymore? And where is God in the middle of all this chaos in my life? It's true that in the light of day, we function pretty well through this messy maze of life. We pay our bills. We get the family schedules coordinated. Even managing once in a while to eat those high-fiber, low-fat meals our doctors tell us we're all supposed to be eating. The fear of the unknowns, the, the scary stuff, it's kept safely at arm's length, barricaded securely behind our busy work schedules and our microwave dinners. But when our world slows down a little, when darkness falls, the fears, well, they just creep in. No, they don't. They, they rush into our lives, into our hearts, our minds, and into our very souls. And the torture begins once again. Does it always have to be that way? A few years ago, Statistics Canada published the following facts about stress levels in Canada. They said 21% of males and 23% of females aged 15 or older reported that most days were quite a bit or extremely stressful. Both male and female seniors were less likely to report daily stress than were Canadians overall. Overall, Stats Canada said females were more likely than males to report that most days were quite a bit or extremely stressful, particularly at ages 15 to 24 and 35 to 44. Stats Canada said that residents of Newfoundland and Labrador, Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and the Northwest Territories were significantly less likely than Canadians overall to report that most days were quite a bit or extremely stressful. Only residents in Quebec reported higher levels of stress than did Canadians overall. Now, also according to Stats Canada, stress is a common aspect of life and can have negative consequences for health. 
These consequences include direct impacts on mental health and on the onset and progression of physical illness. In addition, they say stress may influence health indirectly through behavior such as smoking, drug use, excessive eating, and uh, other uh, alcohol-related behaviors. In Ontario, according to Benefits Canada, more than 230,000 Ontario adults contemplated suicide in the last year. That's from a finding through the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. They said suicide is a major public health issue, a major public one. And these data confirm that large number of Ontario adults report having suicidal thoughts. It continues. Increasing rates of cannabis use are also cause for concern. With past year cannabis use climbing to 14% of Ontario adults from 8.7% in 1996. Now, the fact, they say, that we're seeing a steady increase in cannabis use and that more than half of those who use cannabis regularly are saying it's problematic underscores the need for a public health approach to cannabis control. But that's not all. Rates of alcohol consumption are also high, with nearly one in four drinkers reporting that they exceed Canada's low-risk drinking guidelines. This increase is worrying because we all know that heavy alcohol use is associated with a number of health risks, including cancer. Now, not all the news is bad, because while the rates of consumption of alcohol are increasing, a positive finding is that drinking and driving continues to decrease. And another positive finding in the survey is that a majority of Ontario adults, 83% of Ontario adults, do not smoke cigarettes and current cigarette smoking has significantly declined to 17% from 27% in 1996. Daily smoking shows the same pattern declining to 13% from 23% in 1996. Approximately half of all diseases can be linked to stress-related origins, including ulcers, colitis, bronchial asthma, high blood pressure, and even some forms of cancer. In fact, Health Canada's website says the following are signs that you are overstressed. They say it might include feelings of irritability, sadness, or guilt, a uh, change in your sleep patterns, a change in weight or appetite, difficulty in concentrating or uh, making decisions, negative thinking, loss of interest, enjoyment, or energy in something you used to enjoy, restlessness. Now, you may be wondering, why are you sharing these sobering statistics? Well, I'm doing it for three reasons. First, to help us see that this is a huge problem. Second, to help us see that if any one of us is experiencing these types of stress-related problems, well, we're not alone. And third and most importantly, to remind us all that there is hope. Look at Luke chapter 12 with me, beginning at verse 22. 
And he said to his disciples, For this reason I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat, nor for your body as to what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They have no storeroom, no barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his lifespan? If then you cannot do even a very little thing, why do you worry about other matters? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. But I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you? Oh, you men of little faith, do not seek what you will eat and what you will drink, and do not keep worrying. For all these things the nations of the world eagerly seek, but your Father knows that you need these things, but seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. You see, the Bible here is saying that stress-free living is part of what the Lord offers. It's part of the gospel message. Listen, I understand why the world is stressed out. I understand why people are anxious. I understand why they worry. I understand why so many people in our society have panic attacks. Let's be honest. It's pretty frightening out there. And people live with anxiety. They live with worry. They, they live with stress. But you know what? It's become so common that we no longer talk about eliminating stress. We use terms like managing it. Like the world will offer you cognitive behavior therapy or a long list of drugs, but only our compassionate God offers a far better solution that's the elimination of your anxiety and my anxiety altogether. Stop being anxious, he says. Stop worrying. Stop being afraid. You know, the word worry actually comes from an old German word. The old German word is, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but it's something like weigren. It means uh, to choke or strangle. It's talking about mental strangulation that we get through fear and anxiety and stress and worry. Now, there are only two realms in which you can worry. You can worry about the physical world or you can worry about the spiritual world. You can worry about that which is immaterial or that which is material. You can worry about that which is earthly or that which is heavenly. And so that's precisely what Jesus says you don't need to worry about. In fact, in verse 22, he just says, don't be anxious for your life. And by that, he means what you eat and your body, what you wear. Stop worrying about the basics of life. And then down in verse 32, he says, don't be afraid on the spiritual level, for your father has chosen to gladly give you the kingdom. 
So you see what he says? He says, you're left with nothing to worry about, nothing to be anxious about, nothing to be stressed out about, nothing to panic over. Jesus does offer you and I anxiety-free living. When you come into his fold, God will take care of us. And then worrying about everything is eliminated. The Apostle Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live in prosperity. And in any and every circumstance, he says, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry or having abundance and suffering. What's the secret? What's the secret to that kind of living? It's trusting God. You see, sometimes we have a lot. Sometimes we have a little. But God says, you're always going to have enough. What did the psalmist write? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me through the valley of the shadow of death and out the other side. So if God gave us life, and I believe he did, if God redeemed us, which I believe he did, if God has a purpose for your life and my life, which I believe he does, well, then he will provide what we need to survive. Look at the book of Haggai, chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. To be honest with you, it doesn't sound like God's providing. Because it's not. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Take a look at yourself, God is saying, and ask, why is it like this? Why do I not have enough food? Why do I not have enough drink? Why am I not able to keep clothes, have clothes to keep me warm? Why is it that when I earn my wages, they disappear? Verse 8, look at what he says. He says, go to the mountains, bring some wood, and rebuild the temple. You see, that's the answer. You see, they had forgotten about God that I may be pleased with it and glorified, says the Lord. Look, for much you hold, it comes to little. And when you bring it home, I blow it away. There's the issue. And why does God do that? Because, he says, my house, which lies desolate, while each of you runs to his own house. He says, listen, you're not taking care of my house, but you all take care of of your houses. Back in verse 4, he says, it's time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses 
and this temple to lie in ruins. And then in verse 10, he says, therefore the heavens above you withhold the dew and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine and the oil, on whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock and on all the labor of your hands. Psalm 34, verse 10, it says, The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Let's go back to Luke chapter 12, verse 25. It says, and which of you by worrying can add a single hour to his lifespan? Uh, the King James Version puts it this way. And which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Now, do, do you know what a cubit is? It's the measurement that goes from the tip of your elbow to the tip of your finger. It's about 18 inches. That's how they measured things. They measured things in cubits. So What's the Bible saying? It says, which one of us, by being anxious, can add 18 inches to our height? I mean, can you go from 5 foot 10 to 7 foot 6 through worrying? Can't be done. I want to say it another time. The best thing you can do to handle the mess of this stress is to begin every day every day by spending time with God as Psalm 46 verse 10 puts it be still and know that I am God do you believe that God sometimes uses stress to force us to have that quiet time with him I mean there may be some things that you cannot handle I understand that. There's things that I can't handle. But you know what? There's nothing that you and God together cannot handle. You just have to make sure it's the things that God wants us to handle. So let me tell you a couple of things we can do. Some practical things. Spiritual, but practical, that will help us handle the mess of stress. First of all, Celebrate God's presence. Psalm 46, verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. The word trouble in the Hebrew language literally means to be restricted or uh, to be tied up in a cramped place. In other words, it, like we would use the expression, you know, like between a rock and a hard place. Here's what it's saying. When you feel like you're between a rock and a hard place, when you're being pressed in on all sides, you're being squeezed from every direction, there's this stress and it's just doing this number on you. Remember that in the middle of that stress, God is your refuge. God is your strength. Second, tap into God's power. We cannot meet stress on a day-to-day -day basis in our own strength. It is ridiculous to think we can. Stress will sap all of the strength from us. But God's strength will sap our stress. You know, there are two ways of handling pressure. One of them is illustrated by a bathysphere. You know what a bathysphere is? It's a miniature submarine that they use to explore the ocean in places so deep 
that the water pressure would crush a conventional submarine, like an aluminum can. Bathyspheres have been known to dive to up to 37,000 feet into the ocean. Scientists did not know what they would find when they first invented the bathysphere. And as it began to, uh, to, 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 to descend to the depths that previously were unknown, but they discovered to their amazement that when the lights on the bathysphere were turned on and they looked out of these uh, tiny, thick plate glass windows, you know what they saw? They saw fish. And they were amazed. How in the world has a, does a fish survive at that type of water pressure? You see, the bathysphere compensates with steel plates that are several inches thick. But the fish, well, they have extremely thin skin. Yet, they remain free. Well, what they finally figured out was that the fish compensate for the outside pressure, listen now, through equal and opposite inside pressure. So, I want to tell you that you don't have to have a hard, thick skin to handle the mess of stress. But if you have God's appropriate pressure within you, it will more than equal any pressure that comes from without. And you and God, together, can indeed handle all our stress. Listen, God takes care of those who belong to him and are faithful to him. Seek his kingdom. Seek his kingdom and all that that means. And the whole of the rule of Christ, let him take care of our needs. We don't need to worry. We don't need to worry as long as we are passionately pursuing the kingdom. While we're doing that, he promises, I will sustain you right to the very end of my plan for your life. That's God's promise to you and to me today. Let's pray. Gracious, loving, heavenly Father, thank you for these encouraging words of scripture. Father, I want to lift up those right now that are going through what they perceive as unbearable pressure of stress. Father, fill them with your power. Bring relief into their lives. Cause us to seek first your kingdom that we may live a life worry-free in the power of Jesus and his love. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, we've come to the end of the program. I want to thank you again for uh, spending these 30 minutes with us, as many of you do each and every week. A few things I need to remind you of. Um, all of the programs are available for viewing, again, on our YouTube channel and on our website, l4ltv.com. 
You'll also find those on our Facebook page. Visit our Facebook page and like us on Facebook. When you're on the website, l4ltv.com, a couple of things I want to draw your attention to. Uh, on the Where to Watch page, there's a link there uh, for the viewers in Ontario that uh, you can watch the program through the CTV2 app uh, by going to the Where to Watch tab on our website and then just clicking the button that says Watch Here and you'll be able to watch. So you can be anywhere, even if you have a TV, you can be watching it online. Uh, you'll also, under the Live Appearances tab, you'll find out where I will be appearing. And over the next little while, I have some speaking engagements in the Southern Ontario area. And so we'll be posting them on the Live Appearances uh, page. There's the previous programs page, which I mentioned where all the programs are there. And there's also um, a Find a Bible Study group. So if you're interested in joining an existing group in Ontario or in Alberta, or if you happen to live in a region where we don't have a Bible study group, just fill out the form on that page, send it to us, and we'll start a study group with you. We'll do it in person, we'll do it via Skype, we'll figure out a way to do this because we believe that when we are grounded in God's word that the answers to life are contained in that book. God has every answer that you're seeking in his holy word. It's there. Now, the issue is we need to study that and understand that for ourselves. So you can do that. You can send us prayer requests. I know uh, some of you have been writing in with your prayer requests. In fact, the other day we had a call from a viewer that said that, you know, ever since I, you guys have been praying for me, my life has changed. Well, we want to be praying for you too. So right there on the website, fill out the form, send your prayer request. We keep that confidentially. We don't share that information with anyone. It stays within our organization and we pray for you. Now, when you call the 1-800 number, uh, we have volunteers that answer the phones. And you know sometimes we have more volunteers than others. And so you might get a busy signal. Don't panic. If you wanna leave a voicemail, that's great. Or then just call like throughout the day when the volume of callers is lower and we'll get back to you and we'll attend you. We're here to serve you. I hope uh, that uh, God allows us the privilege of being back together next week. God bless you and we'll see you then.